Hi, my name's Tina Waldrum. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you love it and share it with others. This podcast is all about evangelism and mission, sharing Jesus in natural ways, in ways that we can all do. I interview people right across Australia and also overseas to hear what's working and how that ultimately applies to our lives, no matter who we are. Some weeks I jump on and do a little teaching myself. I hope it's helpful for you. Don't forget to check out our other free resources on our website. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. I've got a great conversation for you today. I'm going to be talking with Natasha Ray about the new face of faith, how to embrace change. So we have been talking about lots of things on the podcast recently, and there is a call to change. There is a challenge to change, to consider the new things that are going on in church life. And how does the church engage into new ways, into the new things that God seems to be saying to the church? So and Natasha is a positive psychological practitioner, has her own practice, the Morph Clinic in Geelong, Victoria. Welcome to you, Natasha. Oh, thanks, Tina. Great to be here again. Fantastic to have you back on the show and have really enjoyed um, the moments that you've been with us and just the information that we've been able to glean from you. So there is a lot going on, Natasha, in particularly in the Australian landscape, but I'm sure overseas as well. And there is a challenge or a call for people to embrace new things. There is some changes that God seems to be leading the church into. That's what I want to talk to you about. So let's talk about the psychological process that individuals typically go through when we're faced with a significant change or a a cause to have to change. From your point of view, what are those things? Tina, great question because we face this with this every day and uh, it doesn't matter where we are, we've got to adapt and adaptation is change. But a lot of the times people have a lot of hesitancy because they actually don't know what that change sometimes brings. And a lot of the time when we're going on the journey of change, that unknown can cause us to freeze and not go anywhere forward. So the apprehension or the the fear about the unknown definitely comes into place here. And I think for an individual or for a corporation, and I deal with both, um, I'm currently tracking with a corporation at the moment that is going through some big changes um, on all levels. And I know there's a great hesitancy to make sure that it is right. Um, you know, I, I don't want to do anything until I've got the right answer, but sometimes until you take that first step, you actually don't know what's right. And I think those unknowns about change actually stop people. So that would be the first one. I think the, ne- the next one that would you would, um, I suppose, come to as, a, as an individual is the one of, okay, what adjustment do I need to make? And I think this is where some of the really hard stuff happens um, because you might have to change. And so it does mean that your family has to change or your organisation has to change, but you might have to change personally. And I I see this in uh, a lot of faith communities. They're sort of going, okay, we feel a shift, but we're not quite about the shift. I need to take a step. What does that look like? 
And what do I have to do in order for that change to flow through me? And I think, as we know in leadership, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. If you're not leading it, then it's going to not happen. So that sense of responsibility as a leader, or even just as a Christian, you know, I want to take God seriously. I want to do the right thing by God. I want to, you know, um, takes a lot of time and effort to sort of focus in on self. And ultimately, God wants to do a deep work in us. He doesn't want to do a shallow work. So there's sometimes those things that grate against us that cause us to want to move forward or don't cause us want to move forward because they are tough things. And then you sort of go come through that that journey and then you sort of that liminal space between letting go and actually coming to the place where that change is got impetus and it's starting to move, that liminal space would be the most exciting space, the most frustrating space because everybody wants it fast these days. Number one key is change is slow. If you're personally changing it, if you're a teenager of 15, you know, 86 repetitions changes a neural pathway. For somebody who's sitting in my 50s, three and a half thousand repetitions back to back for change. Now, that's where the old saying comes, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you can, but it takes time and it is harder. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as easy to embrace the change as we want to. You know, I know we need to know it's a process. We need to tell ourselves it's a process. How do I overcome, Tash, if I'm just stuck in my mind and I know, okay, yes, I feel that God is talking to me about a change in direction of how we've been doing things and I'm just stuck there in my mind. I'm highly resistant What is the issue if I'm highly resistant and what do I say to myself? What's going on in my mind so that I can move past that high resistance, Tash? There's a few things about resistance and it it comes generally from within, as I said, you know, the unknown, um, perhaps some complications. You might actually have to come to a point that you realise that where you've been going or the track that you've been going down is not right. So there's a bit of self-reflection. But number one key, I think, in community, I know this within organisations, we have got a collaborative change management system. Um, and that's where we invite people into a room to sit down on a table and we put what we feel needs to change or where God is taking the organisation or the individual. So we've got to understand everything has a system. So this system could be organisational, it could be family, it could be an individual. So we've got to understand, but the system is the same, right? So you would generally sit down with a collaborative bunch of people and I love diverse thinkers because I realise that my way of thinking is just not it. There's a lot of information that can come to a table to assist you in that change. I think the journey with community is important. Now, what that community looks like is completely up to the individual or the corporation of who they invite into that room. But if we don't have community voice and really different thinkers on board, I don't think we actually do it well. So get people on board. The Bible says we only uh, see in part and we only hear in part. And that's because humanity is divinely connected in order to bring about 
the wholeness of God. Okay, so, you know, if we bring people into that space, we've got a real mosaic and we get the picture when everybody's in. Mm, yeah, so maybe getting, a, you know, a, a, your team together or your small group together and talking about this sense for change and what people are thinking and what they have to say. There is some validity in this comment that I've heard you throw around. It's okay to throw everything out of the cot. So I want to explore that because I'm like, people see that negatively and positively. Tell us how you see that and how that can actually help us change and and move into what God has. Let's just say the cot is life, so let's give it a name. It's life in general. Um, And when we have to change or if we're going through some type of personal crisis, people say, oh, chucking all the toys out of the the cot can't be good. My theory is, is sometimes the toys in the cot need to be thrown all out because, number one, they're not age-appropriate, so they've served you a purpose in a particular stage of your life but they're no longer needed. There's some that are just essential core values that you go, oh, I definitely don't want to throw that out, so you throw that back in. It is the sorting out of all of those issues that you grapple with and the things in life that you feel that you need to put back in the cot in order to actually move forward. I find sometimes in change, we we get these sacred cows and we don't want to let them go. And I remember working with a couple of churches, you know, the communion table was always the, the big thing. Don't move the communion table. Okay, you know, we don't have to move the communion table. We can just leave it there, you know. But what is it about the communion table that actually says to you that has to stay in that spot? Can it be moved? Does it need to go out? Do you need to relook at that? You know, asking the questions why you're resisting is really important. Yeah. Get a bit of insight into the whys. Yes, that's so helpful. It it is so helpful. And I guess change needs to be at a certain pace. I mean, just the way that you're describing this, a healthy way of change, it's all a process that actually takes time. And if you're going along this with a group of people, a team or a you know, a small group, whatever it is, just having time to respect the thoughts and others in the process. Correct. And that's where you need the community voice. Um, I'm very big into having that agency for people to join in on a conversation, especially in churches, because, you know, you just don't attend. You're actually sowing your life into a place that you believe you're planted to, or it might be an interest group or it might be uh, a small group, it might be whatever it is, that community voice really brings, I think, a collaborative voice together just to go, right, what is God saying? What is the common denominator here? Do we need it? Okay, if we don't need it, let's put it to the side. It's a bit like reorganising your wardrobe really, you know. Okay, there's things that fit, there's things that don't fit anymore and where where is God taking And I feel specifically in this time we all say oh COVID really shifted us well it did it it gave us another platform to actually work off and I think God is actually starting to show these different platforms where people can be released into their own calling in order to expand the kingdom 
So I think in that, you know, you've got those shifts are going on and for senior ministers and for um, people who are running departments in organisations, that's a real, you know, there's a sense of control that you want and everybody wants control. So if you say I'm, I'm not a control freak, I can guarantee there's going to be something in your life that you want to control. So get with that and go, okay, so what does that look like if I just leave it in the palm of my hand instead of holding on tight? So I think in those elements of change is holding things lightly and just going, okay, is this necessary or is this not necessary? Is this the hill I die on or is this the hill I just walk over and enjoy the view? Yeah, very good. I mean, I appreciate the things that God has done in my own life and built in my own life and built in churches' lives. There are things that need to be preserved how do you see that the throwing things out of the cot, having a reassessment, how do you see that that helps us preserve what, you know, what God has done, but helps us embrace the future? How do you see that? Well, sometimes if we just go back to the cot analogy, and you've had children, Tina, and I've dealt with them for years, um, the cots can get overwhelmed with stuff that the kids want to take to bed with them, isn't it? Hmm. So really the value of whatever's at the bottom of the pack or the pile of teddy bears or whatever it may be um, is not ever really seen. And so you have to declutter and take things out to go, ah, that that's a core value of ours. We're going to keep that. I forgot about that. That was under the pile amongst all the other stuff that we do. Or this is a core practice that we have, the core belief that we have. So throwing everything out of the out of the cot is not necessarily discarding everything. It's actually going, is this of value for where we are going? And is this going to serve us as a community or is this going to serve us as, a, as an individual or is this going to serve us as a congregation in order to move forward in the things that God has for us? Yes. Yeah, that's really helpful. And it's really great to have that understanding because we want to be respectful of what God has done, what he's built, and but then being all of us being able to step into those new things. How do you think that people's beliefs and values influence their willingness, their willingness, Tash, to change? Oh, well, belief is the core of behaviour, isn't it? And I think in those moments we question that where we've been practising this for a long, long time, we're comfortable. It's like a hand in the glove. It's like we know what's going to happen. We know how things are going to work out. And we become sort of almost too comfortable. We sit back in the couch and uh, we forget that this actually probably does need developing. You know, human, human nature develops over our lifespan and we go through many different development stages. One particularly that I deal with is the teenage industry. And you see a very different, and I think it's almost a shock for parents, when their kids start questioning the parents' beliefs. And people get very disconcerted about that and they go, oh, my gosh, my my kid's going to fall off the rails, they're going to go down this. No, no, no. That is actually part of development. This happens in our faith life too. We have to question what we believe. And I'm a firm believer. If we don't question what we believe, we're just towing a line and we're actually not 
saying things that should be seen sometimes. So, you know, that whole hold it, look at it, think about it, pop it to the side if you have to, pick it up again, have a look at it, view it. If it's still of value, keep it, but if not, move on. Yeah, well, sometimes I've got to say that um, it's hard sometimes the longer that you go on as a Christian leader to keep that attitude that, hey, I need to keep changing, I need to keep learning. What makes me comfortable? What's going on in my mind, Tash, when, say for myself, let's use me as the example, when I just want to lose that, I don't want to continue to embrace the fact that maybe I need to keep learning, I need to keep changing, I need to keep questioning. Mm. What's going on in your brain is is what we call a neural track. So if we want to get scientific, it's a neural track. And that is habit forming and it is has a dopamine effect. So it, it gives us this, oh, this is great all the time. And you see this a lot in organisations that start small and then they start to go big and you realise that what's been serving them as a small organisation has to change. But, oh, but we love the small community. Oh, but we love, you know, having coffees all together in a staff room. Well, you know, I'm facing it with one organisation at the moment. You know, they've gone from a very small place to a very large place. Number one, there is no way you'd fit everybody into the staff room. Number two, you're not going to see everybody. Um, people are now in their own departments, their own, their own offices. The organisation has got to a place where... Um, things have expanded so much, but people want to keep it small because there is an intimate nature in that small community of people in this organisation. So I've got this theory, clear is kind. We're not who we were. We're here now. And so can you see that that won't work there? Hmm. And often the time they go, yeah, we do, but what can I do to... keep the intimacy or keep the closeness of my colleagues. And so then you just help them sort of put things in place in order for that to happen, but you're still in the larger picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, but it it just highlights for me how difficult change is. And it's easy, I guess, to very easy to hear messages of, okay, the way we do outreach or evangelism there is definitely a challenge for some changes and some new considerations but to actually embrace them and to actually implement them I think we need to be kind to ourselves that this is going to take time it's going to be if you're taking people on a journey you've got a lot of people that also need to have that time to process what the future may look like. Absolutely. We uh, just to give you an example, I was in one organisation one time, and a new, very entrepreneurial leader, um, such great strategist, came in and goes, "Right, we're going to change this." And it was a very big boat to turn, but he turned it too quick, and he had eighty resignations the first day that he announced it. Now, could that have been prevented? Absolutely. He gave the big picture to the people that couldn't cope. You know, people deal in tens, people deal in hundreds, people deal in thousands. The thousands of people you invite into the room to give the big picture. You don't give it to the people that can only, you know, deal with 
the smaller picture or the detail. Interesting enough, you know, your administrators and all the people that are the implementers of vision or implementers of change, sometimes they don't cope well with the big picture because all they can think of is the work they have to do. When you're an organisation, you have to go with the flux and sometimes you put something out as an idea but just don't turn the boat because it'll sink. It, it will. And for this guy, um, I came in after the 80 had <laughs> left and we had to do a lot of band-aiding. We had to do a lot of first aid because there was people just going, well, what does that mean for my job and how does that look for me? And so there was a lot of identity um, issues within the organisation. Now, happy to say that that's all ironed out. People are on board. Some of the 80 came, came back when they actually had an explanation of what was going to happen. But I think when it comes to church and church changing, we're going to pastor our people through that. Yes. Mm. The people that are in the in the room that are doing the big vision stuff and talking about the big picture and getting excited, we have to we have to almost micromanage that process and just go okay well this is this stage that we're going to release this and we're going to work with that and this is where the roundtable community voice comes in and it sits down and it says okay these are some of the issues that have come up these are some of the the conversations that we've heard um how do we now navigate that and i find that the most exciting part to be in, to be honest with you. Um, I love strategy and I love looking at the big picture, but for some that is so scary, Tina, so scary. And you do have to put an extra arm around them and saying this will be okay. This is just a stage. And reminding them that change happens all the time, okay, around us. The weather changes. We have to put on another jumper. The kids are sick. We have to change our work habits. There's no food in the fridge. Somebody has to actually go down at 8 o'clock at night and get food for the kids for the next day. These things change and circumstances change all the time. This is no different. But I think when we have this ownership like we do in church, don't change what we know. Don't. Please don't. But... For us to grow, um, we've got to move beyond the teenage year or, you know, that childhood, move into the teenage years and start to question what we're doing. Is that right? Mm. And then we move into adulthood and we go, the things that I've wrestled with, the things that I know to be true are solid now, I can move forward. But can I just say, we need to go back to the teenage years over and over again in life because we do need to question and we do need to see if that's changed or not. And as we grow older, things become greyer. I don't know whether you all found that. It's not so black and white anymore. These things are grey. So, you know, and having the right conversations with the right people, I think if you're going through a bit of a faith crisis, then that community of people around you with differing voices to actually just give you another perspective is really, really good. My husband and I have a group of people that are, you know, uh, around us and I'll often, I'm a very, let's get into it, let's chew this, let's fight this Um, and some just sit back and go, oh, my gosh, that's a bit intense. But we've got this community where we can actually just flesh things out and go, you know what, I haven't come to a resolve on that one. I'm just going to put that down and that's the toy that you put to the side to pick up later. 
Yeah, so many good things to think about there. Thank you, Natasha. So we've been talking about this challenge to embrace change at this time, to consider some new things that the Lord's doing, the new face of faith, how to embrace change. And Natasha has largely talked to us today also about doing this in collaboration with others, letting other people speak, and also appreciating the process and the journey that will be involved to actually do this. So I want to thank Natasha for her time today, but also I'm going to put in the show notes. I'm going to drop some links um, for you as well that you can even click on and get some resources that would be helpful as you embrace for your church or embrace for your small group or as yourself to help you embrace change. It's not as easy as it sounds. It's necessary, but it's not easy. And so we want to put out some resources for you. So Natasha, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thanks, Tina. Great to be here again. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Hey, don't forget to check out our free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. Hope it's a blessing to you. See you next week.